heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Uh, Sun Tzu, The Art of War, always one of the, uh, the Bibles uh, that I use uh, to uh, determine who we're and what that enemy is. Uh, so, good place to start here, friends. He says, the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. In many ways, I've referenced that in the COVID pandemic because that's exactly what the global predators did is subdued the enemy being we the people and people of the world really actually uh, to subdue all of us without fighting. And that was a, uh, many people would call, I mean, it's a version of PSYOP. Uh, we'll get more into that, but a lot of interesting things. I, I love looking at the Sun Tzu reference. Uh, he says, supreme ex- excellence consists of breaking the enemy's resistance without fighting. Uh, In the midst of chaos, there is also opportunity. Think about that, wow. I mean, the chaos over the last few years and the opportunity that that the uh, the globalists have used to seize the moment without without a a fight back is uh, truly what's happening here. Um, A big conversation ahead, my fellow Americans, welcome in to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here and uh, this is a great follow-up to the earlier conversation we had with Dr. Peter McCullough, and I'm really looking forward to this next hour. We have on here Dr. Peter Bregan uh, joining us as well, and don't need too much of an introduction, but uh, surely you've been following the stories here, and really we're talking about the global predators today and what's really transpired in our uh, society, what, what has happened, what's transpired here. and. One of the interesting points I want to start with, with Dr. Bregan is, is this. Um, there was a reference that when McCullough and I were talking on our America Out Loud poll show, uh, we were t- talk- he was talking about an interview he had with Steve Bannon that came up about whitewashing. And this is kind of one of my greatest fears, actually, that because I always reference short memories uh, that our society, our people have short memories. And th- and that's in reference to the fact that they, they forgive and forget really too easy and move on down the road with their lives, obviously, to deal with the next challenge. In the meantime, people literally get away with murder. And we've seen this in political circles time and time again, friends. You know what I'm talking about. I, I don't have to get overly overt here. Uh, political on you. I mean, it happens all the time in political circles with these political parties. They do the harm and then they leave the battlefield and then they push the narrative and they get the media to support them with that. Uh, And so whitewashing, I want you to hear this clip and a very interesting uh, piece that um, you'll hear uh, McCullough on talking about uh, the whitewashing. Listen into this, please. Bannon says that the electronic forms of communication through search engines, through postings, that almost all of it's going to be whitewashed. You know, outside of our platform and America Out Loud and a few other independent platforms, everything's going to be whitewashed. And, and I think he's right. You can already see it through this heavy censorship, through social media, mainstream media. None of it's trustable. It's just heavily censored bias, these false fact checkers. He says the only thing that's going to help us are the books. 
The books actually memorialize what happened. They give timelines. They give references. You can physically hold a you can hold a book in your hand, right? Okay, and you you hear that, uh, Dr. Peter Bregan? Let's bring you on now. I want to talk a little bit about the whitewash, and uh, you hear Dr. McCullough there speak about on his uh, um, interview with Steve Bannon. Which is one of my greatest fears is that they're going to whitewash this now. In other words, they'll use uh, the next um, problem uh, as a a distraction. They're already doing that, clearly, where the president now puts MAGA into the uh, uh, spotlight. Uh, And, you know, talk about this whitewash. Let's start there talking about the, the media at large and the whitewashing of this uh, pandemic now, please. What's your thoughts? Well, the idea of the importance of books is very dear to my heart because I remember since childhood thinking that somehow uh, I could write books and they would be the repository of truth and that in other books there was the repository of truth. I think of the uh, principal doing something he could never do uh, now, uh, reading the Bible in uh, every Thursday at the assembly when I was in elementary school. And I think maybe out of respect to the to the Jews in the in the school, he may have read mostly from the Old Testament. I think that books do represent something incredibly important and incredibly meaningful. They have tried to whitewash books. Um I found out very early the uh, power of the <clears throat> New York establishment to uh, whitewash books when um, I literally back in 1994 um, had uh, two best-selling books and got an advance for a hundred thousand dollars this is in 1994 it's huge amount that'd be like I don't know half a million now or something Mm -hmm. and um, it was canceled the next day when the editor went away the editor-in-chief canceled it and said no we're not interested in your book uh, and that was the beginning of my experiencing the power of the drug companies mm-hmm. to to uh, to just descend on on uh, what Ginger and I were doing. So I think there's a lot of truth to it. The books well, are important. Uh, and, and let me extend that uh, a little bit now. With the, the books are definitely. I mean, I got a real good feel of that from when McCullough brought that up with the books. I I, I now have it in my. I started my wheels started turning, uh, really, Peter. And I've been thinking to myself. I really need to get uh, some of the stuff documented from this networking platform with all the listener communications and all we have. I, I really got thinking of that. I, I didn't have a chance to share it back with McCullough, but I will tell you right now, and listeners, I started thinking more about that and a lot of the great communications we have on there. And I really, some of this should be put into some books for history uh, because we, we've just been at the center of this with people reaching to us. And you get so, you can glean so much from how the, you talk about, society and the we the people and mass communication you know peter we get so much of that in here that we get a pretty good sense of what people are thinking and feeling you know what i mean yes Mm -hmm. and that would be interesting to document that all in some books don't you think oh absolutely and uh they may become very important in 50 years or a thousand years exactly exactly i i think there's something more to this uh and i got thinking more of that now Within that whitewashing, how, let me just ask you straight out, simple question. Give me a simple answer. How how does the media get away? You know what they're going to do next. They're already doing it, Peter. How do they get away with that? How do they get away with the whitewashing? Well, I think it goes back to globalism, that we do have a force 
that is connected to American progressivism, and it's connected also to the Republican Party, the part that is um, in cahoots with communist China and making lots of money from communist China, uh, and the globalist uh, empires, really. Uh, the Eastern Empire with Xi Jinping and the Western Empire with the Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and Soros and major institutions, all the tech companies. There is a massive movement to to crush democracy, constitutional democracy in the West, to crush Western civilization, and uh, to uh, enable the exploitation that's described um, at every meeting that they're looking forward to of every meeting of the World Economic Forum. Yeah, and, so, and, th- and this point of the media, when people say we, we look at the media, we think about like there a lot of people think they're just like a lot of sources. But actually, as it's been pointed out to me in recent days, there's what, only like six people that run the entire media field besides some of us people that like America are allowed that McCullough references. And we're very few, obviously. But there's like, what, just a half a dozen people running the whole empire? Is that it? Well, yes. And um, they are they interlock with each other and they are all amazingly willing to basically toe the communist line. That's what I don't understand what you say right there. Explain that more, please. Well, the Chinese communists working with people like Bill Gates, he's had two awards from them as being a friend to the communist Chinese party. Um, They have infiltrated all of our basic institutions so that, uh, for example, the all the major journals, medical journals went lockstep with the globalists, with the World Health Organization, which is tied to the Chinese communists. You've got this interlocking system and it is moving toward totalitarianism. And that's the key to everything that's happening. And the main target of this is the U.S. because uh, if we have an America first policy, the U.S. is still strong enough to stand up to the whole bunch of them. But we have to have an America first policy, a traditional uh, God-fearing, individualistic, um, uh, freedom-oriented people like you you and me and McCullough. Um, And we are concentrated in the United States of America. Yeah. And the uh, the media is just a reflection of that. CNN plays this, a lot of the same stuff uh, for us. It, it can play it in Europe and it's uh, it's a destruction of America. Yeah. Uh, for example, what we what we're seeing with Biden right now, um, people say and when we're going to be talking a little bit, I think, about Desmond Malone. Uh, Malone says we've had a catastrophic failure of policy and that's what we're facing when in fact it's the opposite. We've had a catastrophic success of totalitarian policy. In other words, they're succeeding. They're not failing when they when the border crumbles, when the ga- when gasoline prices are out of reach, when we have uh, hatred and uh, spread between Americans uh, uh, and on and on. Well, well, let let me interject here. Uh, I like what you just said, but it depends how you look at success and failure. 
I, I'm guessing when one puts it out there, as you said, I think you said Malone did or whatever, but it puts it out there in such a way, possibly what they're referencing or what I'm guessing is that the failure is to what we would expect. Like we have an expectation it would be this. Okay, it failed to be that. Well, in that other case, as you're saying, it's a success uh, for the enemy. So those words are kind of interchanging a little bit, aren't they? Yeah, well, it's just really important to know we have enemies. Amen. And that's Amen. the biggest difference between yeah. uh, my view okay. and the view of uh, both Desmond and Malone. Right. Let, me, let me pull it along now, because this is an a absolute a perfect point now uh, to talk to you about. I want to play another clip now. Uh, this is uh, interesting, I think, and we'll get into the PSYOP a little bit. And I think this is fascinating. Uh, let me uh, listen into this here uh, just a moment, please. Were these coincidences or were or were people responsible for it? Were globalists, were some of these folks in, uh, responsible for this? How do you answer that? Well, th th therein lies the debate, right? So um, Matthias Desmond heavily relies on the work of Hannah Arendt. Right. And Hannah Arendt uh, wrote about how did Nazism mm -hmm. as a contagious form of thinking spread among people there. Mm -hmm. So Matthias Desmond is describing I think in a tractable way, the psycho phenomenon. What Bregan is describing and what John Leake, my co-author in our book described is what we call a psyop, a, an intentional psychological yeah, yeah. operation. Yeah. And Bregan just puts it in his title, right? The global predators. Uh, in our title of our book, we put biopharmaceutical complex. Uh, the point that Bregan and Leake and McCullough are bringing out are that there are perpetrators that that this is intentional, and I think that's where all the honestly the, right. the uh, I think the I think it's a productive discussion. I don't think it's a debate. It's a productive discussion. Mm -hmm. Okay, you hear that very very interesting interchange uh, between Dr. McCullough and uh, myself there, uh, Dr. Brigan, um, in regards to psyop. Now let me let me say, say this: you you know you look at the definition of psyop. Merriam-Webster says it's a military operation usually aimed at influencing the enemy's state of mind through non-combative means, uh, such as the distribution of leaflets in the old times. You might remember that Wikipedia says psychological uh, operations uh, are operations to convey selected information and indicators to audiences to influence their emotions, motives. We all know what a psyop is, but Definitively, these are sort of many of the things that were done in the face of COVID. Um, talk about that clip now and what McCullough says in, <clears throat> in this whole thing being a sort of PSYOP operation. Well, I certainly believe it is. There's no question about it. It's very systematic. Mm -hmm. um, you can do the major media and see they use the same three words to describe something all the time. And it's lockstep. Um and uh, the January 6th is a, a perfect example of it um, where they, uh, they're they just making it out to be a, a, God, I'm blocking on their word, not rebellion, but a, um, oh gosh, what's what's the word? It's a legal term for, um, for a insurrection. They keep calling it insurrection and it's lockstep. And that's programmed in, in advance down through the entire media uh, major media. So they're all saying this very, very same thing. I want to give a kind of an interesting example of the question of who is the enemy mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, what is propaganda doing. A lot of Americans were convinced that the enemy was COVID-19. And so when they were told, um, 
you know, you have to protect your your loved ones, get your injections. It made a lot of sense. It was sacrifice for a war against the COVID-19. Now, the problem is that that was a psyops operation in the sense that you're describing it. And the war was never against COVID-19. It was against us. So we're hearing propaganda and we're thinking, well, this is this is propaganda. We understand it may be exaggeration like in war, but it's it's you know, we're fighting for our lives against COVID-19. No, we're fighting for our lives against the people who are telling us we're fighting COVID-19. It's a cover story. And it's a little hard, it's a little mind-bending as I describe it even. But we have to understand that America and Western civilization is under siege. There is not an institution that has not been largely taken over by progressives and Chinese communists. It doesn't matter where you look. And that was one of the weirdest things for us when we started to investigate for our book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators. We had no idea. I had no idea that every time I scratched into just a little bit, want to say the top 10 billionaires in the U.S., I'd find that every single one was invested in China, saw China as the future, and that in that same context was working with Bill Gates and other people who also, Mike Bloomberg, Klaus Schwab, all of whom saw China as the future, Mm -hmm. and I realized, my gosh, there's a this global thing going on that other people had already talked about, but I'd never read them well, because they got kind of washed out. Yeah, not only that, but as you stated before, and as others have, in the past many years, if you dial it back some years, and you have this documented, many of these terms were leaked out well before COVID ever hit our shores. Many of the vaccines were already being worked on. Many of the things had already transpired which would explain an awful lot for those who still question whether this thing just was, uh, you know, just a spark that just happened. Or I love your reference of COVID being the enemy or the people who made COVID being the enemy and people have lost sight of that. Uh, So there is a lot of psychological warfare. That's why I mentioned Sun Tzu up front and uh, a bit of that, um, that that's happening here. Now, this whole thing with uh, gets a little more interesting with uh, psychosis. Psychosis is a very heavily charged word. That's sort of where this thing got off the rails a little bit, is my guess. Now, McCullough has a different viewpoint on, uh, uh, not different, but a little interesting way he explained it about the parentheses. And let's listen to his uh, input on this. I think it's interesting. I'd love your input on this as well. Psychosis in parentheses here. Let's give this a listen. The the word psychosis was a real problem for Bregan because psychosis refers to being really mentally deranged. And and when that was used into the format of this mass psychosis, uh, which was was introduced by Robert Malone into this equation, uh, he took offense to that and really started to push back to say, no, this is not the citizens. This is not the masses who were psychosis or deranged in that way. I mean, the formation you might be able to buy, but the psychosis seemed to cross a line for Bregan. Talk about that. Well, you know, um, Desmond was always careful in all his lectures from the very beginning Mm -hmm. to use mass formation as a term. And then he put in parentheses psychosis. Because uh, he put it in parentheses because psychosis is a clinical term. 
And that's what Bregan is pointing out. Bregan is the physician clinician. Desmond is the PhD psychologist. Mm -hmm. And so Desmond was careful to, to highlight that, that in a sense, a way to understand this is a psychosis, but mm -hmm. it's not like someone has, um, you know, some type of derangement syndrome. And well, that's the question right there. But let me just tell you, Bregan took offense to, and what you just said, there's another piece to that. And he took offense to that because what he has said repeatedly is that, uh, uh the, that Malone is the one that was supporting Desmet's uh, theories in, uh, with the publicity, uh, which was becoming pretty massive here about the psychosis point. And so it was no longer in parentheses. Let me under, let me explain to you. It was no longer in parentheses when it was put out on the Joe Rogan show or it was put out on other big uh, branded shows. It became out of parentheses. It became part of the mantra, part of the norm. Uh, did, is that not what happened? Well, I think people you know, didn't respect the parentheses as a, you know, as a marker hmm. because, you know, the, ter the term, it's a, you know, it's a colloquial term now. Okay, Dr. Bregan, you hear the, the term. I, I found it interesting when he talked about the psychosis in the parentheses. I didn't know that, frankly, and I did, hadn't heard that before, if that was the case. Uh, what are your thoughts to that, Flip? Well, we just uh, found, uh, found a very, very interesting feature film. It's a lot of money being pumped into feature films on behalf of uh, mass formation, mass psychosis. Um, there's a lot of money behind Malone. Um, and uh, in fact, the pandemic, the Man of Mad pandemic has now made a film on Malone and, and mass psychosis. I'm not aware that um, Desmet ever used the term or put it in parentheses. What we heard on this feature film was an interchange between uh, Malone and Desmet that was rather casual. They were laughing and enjoying themselves at the time. And the uh, foundation of the exchange is that um, Desmet is saying, well, I never used that term, but Malone brought it up on uh, on the air and uh, made us famous. And he laughs and he says, but um, I had ethical issues or, with it. And they never discuss them. Um, and uh, they laugh some more. And then, um, then Desmet says, well, it did make us famous. So it, is much, that, that's what that's what Malone said to me. No, no, that's what Desmond said. Oh, okay. And there's agreement from Malone. And it's kind of a jovial thing until Desmond gets to that point where he, he says, well, you know, it, basically it wasn't my idea and I had my qualms about it. It's, that's not exactly what he says, but that's the sense of it. Now, um, let me interject something here. It just dawns on me here, Peter, please. Um, you know, the, the jovial, the laughing about it made us famous kind of thing. I've thought a lot about that uh, privately. I haven't shared a lot of that public. Uh, and, but, you know, human behavior, and we talk about human behavior, and you're very good at talking about human behavior, where, you know, when we're aware of our surroundings and we're aware of our faults and our failures, and then we step back and we look at the world a little differently. It's it's amazing how much we can glean from the world when we're very, very astute, very aware of what's taking place. But we, we get caught in the moment, Peter. 
we tend to lose. Now, everybody wants to be successful. I, I, I say everybody. Most people want to be successful. Most people want to be liked and admired. Most people do. Most people love the publicity and the spotlight because it makes them feel, let's face it, Peter, it makes them feel warm and fuzzy and good and loving and all of these things like we've accomplished something. I don't know of anybody, frankly, in my life who probably would not have jumped on the bandwagon, uh, uh, truth be told to you, uh, of, uh, of what Malone did. And I really do think he just, he put himself in the debate by the whole psych psychotic point. But I think about anybody would have done that, frankly, for the publicity, because you what you do as a PR person or somebody who wants to nail something, you find a sticking point or something that it's all about an emotion. And you put it out there. Sometimes you don't even know what you're saying till you say it, till it hits the air and then it's out there. And people, re it's how people react to it. And I think that's what happened with Malone. They started to react to this psychosis business. I remember when it got really very popular. And I think that's where Malone started to say, wow, people like that. Well, wow, give us some more. Of that I, I think it's much more devious, Malcolm. I, I really want to address that. Please, much, go ahead. Much, much more devious than that. Malone and Desmit. Their agenda is very clear. If you want to say they're zombies, they're unconscious, they're not malicious, that I don't know. Oh, I don't I don't know either. I'm, but, I'm not suggesting yeah. they are or they're not. I don't know. Well, you know, I've I've got my own views on what I think is going on, but they're yeah. the effects of their agenda is very clear. Do not criticize elites, do not believe in conspiracy theories. There are no evil doers. They are blinding us. They are doing what the famous Chinese general said to break the enemy's resistance without firing a shot. Right. And they're doing it in two ways. Uh, Desmond uh, actually put in his book the most emphasis on hypnosis. Mm -hmm. That too makes it sound medical. Mm -hmm. So he was very close to the psychosis um, and oh, he also says, well, it's not exactly like a psychosis either. He actually says that in this little discussion. So he's picking up that Mo Malone has done something more. And what has Malone done? He's weaponized the discussion. Psychosis it has a very specific definition. It is the most extreme mental disorder. It is... Uh, one in which you lose touch with reality and you usually have hallucinations and delusions and it's medical and the uh, it's clearly uh, something that's definable. It fits automatically. Well, now, let me ask you, does part of the do you think part of the population has that problem? What you just explained? No more than Desmond or Malone. No, it's it's victim blaming the population is unquestionably suffering from oppression, abuse, totalitarian manipulation, mm -hmm. huge threats to well-being, forcing you to get this awful uh, injection, isolating you from people, keeping our children out of school, breaking our small businesses. Um, I mean, the flooding of destruction of COVID-19 on the population, the humiliation, the mask wearing, and on the medical profession, the outright threats, which have now resulted in the passage of uh, legislation. I don't know whether it's gone by the governor yet in California, and powering uh, medical societies to act against doctors who don't follow the prevailing narrative. Mm -hmm. This abuse is enormous 
and Desmond and Malone are acting, I believe, criminally, not technically legally, but morally condemning the population for responding to these abuses the way populations always do, whether it's Nazi Germany, whether it's a state mental hospital, whether it's a child abused at home, the effects are always the same. The person becomes demoralized. What he, what he says I am, because I write about the conspiracies. He says the conspiracy theorists, this is Mateus of Desmond. We're bewildered. We're anxious. We're confused. Well, that is actually what happens to people who are overwhelmed by totalitarianism, brainwashing camps. Doesn't matter where you are. So they are trying to win this war by saying no one's doing it to the people. There's nobody to sue. There's nobody to hold responsible. And they go into this in great detail. And Malone does it in his writings. Now he's starting He's starting to say that the, what Burks did was the result of groupthink, bad organization of the task force psychodynamics. No, Burks was acting as a proxy for the whole globalist bunch, collaborating, actually, in her book, she writes how she was collaborating Mm -hmm. with Fauci, collaborating with the FDA, collaborating with the CDC, and collaborating with the President of the United States. This conversation is destroyed if you believe it is something arising out of the people. But like like with Burks and like others and Fauci and all these people who, I mean, there's a whole cast of them, actually, you know, it's not like all these people are on a Zoom call or on a, a sort of a, uh, a conference hall or, an, or as I reference all the time to listeners and to McCullough, actually, uh, a smoky filled room somewhere talking about this. Who so, says they're not? Wait a I, minute. I don't know. Wait Talk to me. Talk I, to me. I love you, but they can do that more easily now than they could 10 years ago. They, they, we know how much they email back and forth. They text back and forth. Well, why, why doesn't any of pre- that leak out? Why does any of that leak out? The emails and that, because it, it does typically in, in the light of day. Why? Well, in fact, it did leak out. She says she talked to the president of the United States and he said, go ahead and do what you have to do to undermine. The, I mean, the vice president, do what you have to do to undermine the president. She talks to the FDA and they tell her to go on. They're doing good. Yeah, these people talk all the time. They talk all the listen. Fauci started talking with Bill Gates at least 10 years before COVID 19. Right. When Gates made him put him on his. Well, I just referenced that. That's right. That's right. That's a fact. Yeah. See, these are the things that get obscured. And I want to go one step further because we got to get in that Desmond says that people who do this work that I do and that Robert Kennedy is another great example of this Uh kind of uh, books we've written. He says that we are mentally disturbed and trying to blame it on, he implies a non-existent group of people, the elite. Then he writes about me addressing me and uh, we had to get it translated. He defends himself against my initial criticism, me and ginger. And he writes in, in the, on face, his Facebook, uh, do not attempt like giving orders. Do not attempt to remove any elites. It will backfire. It will, Who's he? Who's he? Desmond writes, okay. Okay. do not, do not attempt to take on the elites 
you it will be self-defeating. This is the message. Now that's interesting. If that's that's actually said, that's that's in that's on my website. By the way, to get all the backup materials, including Desmond's message to me translated from the Dutch, go to one two three masspsychosis.com. One so, two three. Right. or to the top of Bregan.com. But let me finish. At one point I said, but at least Malone isn't doing this. Mm -hmm. So then Malone comes out mm -hmm. in one of his uh, uh, blogs and he says uh, that the people who are writing about these big conspiracies, uh, they're not red-pilled, they're black-pilled. Mm -hmm. And one final thing, even the Chinese communists and the, and the USSR who have weaponized psychiatry only weaponized it against individuals these guys by using the term mass mass psychosis mass formation mass hypnosis are weaponizing it against populations mm -hmm. they have vastly increased the power yeah. of, of the use of psychiatry as a weapon politically okay. and in europe that's already going on there are at least three science quote scientific articles in europe claiming that america's right wing is deluded and psychotic yeah, yeah, I'm seeing that uh, in a lot of areas about the right wing, uh, speaking about people who, want, who love the Constitution yeah. and patriots that are fighting This for is life and death. I wouldn't have taken these people on and risked a huge amount of enmity, which I haven't gotten. If anything, the, I thought I was going to lose a lot of love, me and Ginger. We've gotten more love than we've ever gotten before because people are saying, I'm sorry, I was afraid to speak up on this. Mm -hmm. Some people in Europe have said well, they're ashamed. They didn't, yeah. that they, they didn't do anything about it this yeah but it this is well, critical there, to the there, survival the, yeah there, there are a lot of pieces of this conversation and i i see the different angles and that are being poured out a lot of people um a couple thoughts let me just put at you and then think about this just as we pause here a moment uh, dr bregan uh, a lot of people are um and and i want to play another very interesting clip on uh on um, a couple of things here uh one is I referenced McCullough transition into a warrior and what that actually means and, and being out in the open, this mass formation now that is out in the open. Uh, and this point of psychotic is, is interesting. One of the uh, points on um, uh, that people tell me about uh, Malone and, and Desmond, and by the way, I need to tell listeners as well, they were both invited to today's program, as I had mentioned on Viewpoint this Sunday. I, I wanted to have just an honest discussion is all really I was looking to have and would be happy to give any of them the floor, as I do Dr. Bregan or Dr. McCullough or anybody else for that matter. I don't play games of, you know, uh, you know, I respect opinions, respect in people's opinions. I'm not trying to play games with folks. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I think that uh, we put that uh, out there, but Desmond never responded to the multiple emails that were sent to him to get him to uh, uh, join us here. And uh, Dr. Robin Malone refused and said, no, uh, doesn't want any part of it. And yet listeners keep asking for a conversation. And a conversation would be really helpful uh, with all of these areas, because as you just point out, and we'll talk about a little bit here, is that uh, there are a lot of people in my ear saying, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. But Malone and Desmond are doing a lot of good things. And here they are. And they're pushing back against the globalists here. And they're pushing back against this group here. And they're saying this and they're saying that. And and I, I hear that from multiple sources that say that, frankly. Um, and they say the same thing. 
And so, you know, there's that part of it, and they're not buying into the fact of what you suggested just a moment ago, that there's something more nefarious afoot here uh, in another gender at play. Um, back to the health freedom movement, or America First movement, if you will, uh, which is surely alive and well, friends, and fighting for every inch of this thing, to be sure. Uh, the interest, the conversation is is a, is a fascinating one that I find right now. And, you know, and this is coming from me that, uh, you know, I, I just see the world probably a little differently than some. And uh, my eyes have been truly opened. It's been a awakening experience for myself and what's transpired. And there's no doubt there is something afoot here. We've been saying it for years. In fact, McCullough and I over the past uh, two and a half years on, on air have said just as such that, you know, trying to make sense of the 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 unsensible and trying to trying to really um, put a spotlight where darkness is. It's very, very tricky with this conversation, friends. And, it, it, you know, you can get on here and try to, you know, put put a uh, and many listeners do. They'll send an, a one off comment. And I've, I've got some interesting uh, comments in about this. But, you know, it's another thing to really drill down and, and to figure out what's uh, what's happening here. Um, well, listen, you're listening to us here on The Voice of a Nation. Uh, this show plays air, uh, every day, weekdays, Monday through Friday, I should say, uh, on the America Out Loud Talk radio network, of course, on iHeartRadio, uh, 6 and 11. This plays after America Out Loud Pulse, which you just heard on Wednesdays. I'm always on. McCullough and I co-host that show. On Thursday is Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan. They have a fabulous show tomorrow. You must hear uh, uh, about the takeover and the global levels that a really interesting guest on. I, I, I like what I hear and uh, must listen to. The The Pulse is on just before this show. So it's on at 5 and 10 and The Voice of a Nation on 6 and 11. This is must listen to uh, talk radio, uh, surely, uh, these couple hours of broadcast here. Uh, and so join us in there. Of course, all our shows go to podcasts, to be sure. You can subscribe to Apple Podcasts or any podcast network in the world. Or you can just get back over to americaoutloud.com and, and you'll see in the news feed, all of the shows are on podcast. Go, go up under shows and just look up America Out Loud Pulse or look up uh, the McCullough Report or look up the Voice of a Nation or uh, the, all the shows are right there. We have a great lineup of programs and people who are fighting uh, for liberty and justice for all, to be sure. Listen, I want to mention to you, uh, that uh, the, the the thing I want you to bring with your mind here and, and thinking forward, we you know I talked a little bit earlier on my other program. We told you about the nasal hygiene and and and, and the healthy cell products and nutraceuticals, and it's important. This is important stuff for everybody to be healthy, and there's a reason I do that. But I want to just drop a, a, a buzz in your ear to take a look at uh, Genesis HOCL, the Genesis Fogger, uh, is an amazing uh, piece of equipment that I think is a household item. And surely every small business should have it as well, because instead of running around cleaning things like a banshee, like a crazy person, you know, um, which is with the COVID thing and people in and out and germs and viruses, superbugs, uh, SARS-CoV-2, you know, that whole thing, whatever it is, the monkey pox or, or giraffe vomit or whatever's coming at his next friends. I have no idea. Can't keep up with it all. Uh, what the Genesis Fogger does is you put the HOCL and it puts a dry mist in the air. And guess what it does? You bet. It kills all of that stuff. Uh, okay. SARS-CoV-2, superbugs, pathogens, viruses, you name it. Uh, and it's healthy stuff. You can wash your fruits and vegetables with it. You can do a nasal rinse with it. That's amazing, amazing. I'm really impressed with this HOCL. I know we love it here. And um, it's why we talk about it. And Dr. McCullough does as well. 
Uh, that product is on the platform. Now, they have scientific findings and research there. Just click the uh, little box, the banner ad. They're very well positioned, The um, our sponsored partners, if you will, uh, right on the platform there on America Out Loud. Okay, just click that. Go look at the findings and research it yourself. But our listeners get 15% off the fogger. Just use the code out loud. Everybody should have this piece of equipment, uh, period. And stop right there. And get HOCL and start to introduce yourself to that in your life. I think you'll enjoy Okay, let's take a quick pause here and we'll rejoin here with Dr. Peter Bregan in just moments here as you're listening to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best. Freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, yes indeed, and a pleasure to be with you. And uh, welcome in from all over the globe, our listeners. I know you listen in from a lot of different countries, and we love you. We love you here in America. We love all free people uh, that are looking for liberty and justice and to restore the rights of we the people uh, everywhere, I mean, on this planet. And of course, our planet is, is under arrest right now. We are uh, in, in, a, in a very strange uh, period of time, to be sure. 
Uh, not, not anything we thought we'd see in our lifetimes, I would say to you. I never thought so in my lifetime. A simple boy growing up in the 70s and 80s and, uh, you know, played baseball, loved sports and played on the baseball lot. Thought it was a simple life. Never thought we'd be coming into these things or yeah, wouldn't even guess what a pandemic was at that point in my life. But boy, we certainly learned, didn't we? We learned together, friends. Uh, and now as you see what's transpired around the world, uh, we see there is an enemy, to be sure, and we're pointing that out today here. Dr. Peter Bregan is back with me here. Uh, I want to just circle back to this uh, very interesting point. Um, uh, okay, Dr. Bregan, and you're, you're a perfect one to talk about this. We talked about psychotic people or psychosis. Psychosis. Mass psychosis. Say that fast three times, brother. Mass psychosis, psychotic people, whatever. And the mentally deranged part of that. And this is your expertise. This is not mine by any stretch. I don't profess to play this uh, on radio or TV. I'll rely on you as the experts. Uh, I want to play a clip for you here, uh, which just got me thinking, this little interchange with color and I had on psychotic people uh, and what was transpiring, because we couldn't make heads or tails out of this in our communities. Listen to this, please. And I was asked to respond to clips of a Canadian physician, a young woman, and she was wearing an N95 mask in a completely empty office, hmm. you know, on TV. Yeah. Yeah. And someone asked her about returning to normal. And she said, listen, anybody out there who wants to return to normal is a right-wing conspiracy theorist, anti-vaxxer. Wow. There's no way we're returning to normal. COVID-19 is real. And she went on and on. And her eyes got bigger and bigger and bigger. And she basically just looked like she was nuts. Right. When it came to COVID-19, she looked like it was nuts. And in those frames, I'd almost say, listen, she looks psychotic. Uh, I mentioned right. in my introduction to Desmus books that, listen, doctors are okay. Everything's okay. But as soon as you hit COVID, people don't want to talk about it. Now, if I was depressed, you'd start to see this psychotic behavior come out right, of people. Right. And as I referenced many, many times, um, Dr. Bregan, to listeners, I remember driving even up till today. I mean, it still hasn't stopped back to McCullough's point. And this is something that just happened like the last two days with him, that woman he's speaking about. But you remember how you see these people in the car by themselves driving like nobody else anywhere around. And they have a full mask on and garb. I, I do these people like you don't even know. I mean, is that a form of being psychotic? And the person he talks about who eyes grow five times the size and like blames right wing theorists and all of this. What do you think about all of that? I mean, that's what I asked you earlier. How, how what part of the populace was it? Was it a minority that were at that point or? Well, first of all, we don't have any data. Uh, Desmet uh, makes things up. He says 30% of the population will have a mass formation. He makes it up. There's no literature on mass formation. There's no sci science on mass formation. Um, so we don't have uh, data. But you're watching somebody who's frightened out of their minds. Fear. You're, you're seeing a doctor who's now been, who's been perhaps threatened to be fired by her boss in the bureaucratic medicine, almost everywhere, and certainly in China and in Canada now, 
There are there's no place for doctors to go. So if somebody get gets fired. to that point, if somebody gets to that point and they get the fire in their eyes, five times the size or, you know, it's never going to change. We're never going back to normal or they wearing a mask incessantly. Would that be person be, uh, I mean, uh, clarified as some sort of psychotic? Is that possible? No, Psychos- they're terrified. Terrified. Is you, there, what's you, the you difference? Have- what's the difference? Well, for for one thing, there isn't an abnormal process going on in their brains that is really different where they're seeing something or they've made up a delusion. Mm -hmm. The whole point about delusions is they're not accepted in the society. Desmet and Malone know nothing about life. Mm -hmm. People who are psychotic don't have common delusions with other people. They think there's a green man in the room or, and it's always uh, about themselves. It's never these broad things. It's always, I'm being persecuted. I'm being followed. Psychosis is a personal collapse due to probably childhood issues and tremendous uh, conflicts at the moment. This is not psychosis. This is what happens if you beat a child and give them no alternatives. This is what happens uh, during um, the the whole concept of uh, of people identifying with their aggressors, the, with the aggressive parent, it's it's okay. all about being caved in and demoralized okay. by violent, organized, and targeted abuse. Right, right. I he, I want you to hear this now. This is a very. Let me read this to you. Does that make sense to you, Malcolm? It does. It does. You you you've you've educated me further on that, and listeners, you've given me another perspective of that. That's why I asked you the question right out about yeah. psychotic. And you answer psychotic that. is a very personalized yeah. experience. Yeah. You you think that that you're yeah. the center of the universe. You think that uh, that people are really interested yeah. in you. Yeah. The people in uh, are experiencing something that's almost the opposite. They're demoralized well, and, and, as human beings. And the other point you make about me, I, I really accept the point when you talk about, and I, I do subscribe to this thought, Doctor Bregan, where we talk about people are um, they're terrorized or the fear, and I. Have have to tell you that is what I've seen with people. That's the, the, the way I would describe it, actually. Uh, it, but it, uh, you can't make any sense of it. I, I can't make any sense of these well, people. They, they've sort of been. It's almost a. I, we use the term brainwashing. I don't yeah, know that. That's but the I, I have no trouble making uh, sense of them because you know I'm a psychotherapist and I've uh, studied Nazi Germany. I've even lectured in Nazi Germany about the role of psychiatry and. But isn't this to be blamed on the media? A lot of this too, brother. I mean, it, they, well, they're they, just they the arm. About there. They're, yeah, but they're, they're the arm. But they're right. They're the mouthpiece. Right. They're the megaphone, right? That's right. That's right. And and they're the cancer, I think, to this thing. If they get their shit together, it would it would be a big deal, you know. You know, well, it, it, the power's way above them. The I abuse know, is I coming know. down. I Listen, know. a person might look very normal in yeah. Nazi Germany during ordinary affairs, yeah. Yeah. but if you went up to the person and you said, "I'm a Jew," yeah. or "I love the Jews," or something yeah. like that, yeah. you'd get panic and rage. Yeah. You'd think you would. They were being tested or All something. Right, let me read this to you. I, I'm loving this conversation with you. By the way, I'm absolutely love this okay. stuff. I really am. <laughs> Good. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm loving this uh, and going back and forth and finding the different things. And I, I've got so many ideas flowing through my mind now. I want to. I, I I can't. A couple of points I got to make with you here now. This one here. This is a message from a listener. I don't know the, this man, but his name is Ron, is all I know. We only ever use first names. 
And I, I mentioned this to uh, McCullough up front in the program, but I want to I want to give this to you as well because it's so profound what he asked here. And I, I, I I'd like you to almost answer this back as McCullough did. I don't even recall this moment what he said, but the point is, I let me read you what Ron says. He says, uh, "Please help me to understand what has happened. How could so few people cause and inflict so much sickness and even death upon so many? Aren't there checks and balances?" in place to prevent this medical malpractice? How did just a few force this upon our nation? How would you answer that? Well, it's not just a few. One of the things that's really important to understand is that throughout human history, since the dawn, almost the dawn of civilization, empires have taken control totalitarian empires out of India and out of China, several hundred years, B.C. and more. The tendency for bullies to take advantage of, exploit, and intimidate the great number of people has been the way people have lived forever. Now, Desmond and Malone get it entirely backward. They recognize that people are more easily overwhelmed now, but they say that in the past, dictators control people with fear, but now the people are even are even controlling people like Hitler with fear. They say this, and it's backward. What changed, what made it more easy to control people was the greater ability to inflict fear. Okay. Hitler killed 20, 30 million civilians of, of his own own people out, outside of combat. The Russians systematically killed tens of millions of people. Okay. And the Chinese, who still have an empire, killed somewhere between right. 60 and 100 million. All right. I the want to power play. of intimidation now okay. is overwhelming. It is. That's it is. what people need to know. There's it's another... not in the people. All right. There's another big point I, I definitely want to get in here before we lose time. And I want you to be able to opine on it. Um, and uh, let me uh, and I call this out in the open. Let's just play this piece here, please. And have you talk about this, please. And, and what Bregan says, and I agree with him, is that it's all in the open. Don't look for any secret roadmap here. Mm. It's all in the open. Just follow the and, and John Leake, my co-author of my book, says, pay attention to public utterances. These public utterances really do matter. When Klaus Schwab publishes a book and says COVID-19, we will use it to reset a new world order. He said, take it seriously. The World Economic Forum does, through this biopharmaceutical complex, wants to reset a new world order. Do they want mass vaccination in every person in the world? Yes. Do they want digital ID and tracking? Yes. Do they want a social credit score? Uh, in order to be influence behavior. Yes. Do they actually want transhumanism? Do they want to start to change the human body? Yes. I mean, they're all over their, mm. their, their World Economic Forum website. Yeah. You can just read it. Klaus Schwab has been giving videos for years now talking about the fourth industrial revolution and changing the human body. Mm. I mean, pay attention to it. Yeah. it, it it's clear. Okay, so uh, I shorten that clip up so we fit it all in here, Dr. Bregan. And uh, um, being out in the open and what he states about this being all out there now in the light of day, here's, I want to give you the last few minutes here. And here's the, the thoughts, what, I, what I'm thinking. Why is this so important? 
And I would say back to you, why this is so important is because if we don't know who the enemy is, we cannot defeat the enemy. So for those who think that we might be squabbling, and there are some of you, many actually have written in, who think this is just a squabbling, and you've expressed your thoughts, and I see them. But this is a big deal, because if we don't know who the enemy is, we don't have a shot or a chance of defeating the enemy. Isn't that that why this is so important? Yes, I think that's the most important takeaway. And Desmond and Malone want to blind us to the enemy. And uh, we mustn't allow that to happen. We must uh, not legitimize them. And it's particularly important because um, Malone has become the uh, the face of the health uh, freedom movement. And now move, he's moving into uh, being um, up in the major TV where no one, no one else in the health movement is gone. And he makes this, this uh, quip on one of his feature films. Well, I didn't ask to be the face of the movement um, or the leader of the movement. Well, actually, he's been campaigning for it. He has been campaigning with all his might. He's much more important than Desmond. And I think he probably wants to take a place. In, well, he has said to people privately, you know, I won't turn down Fauci's job, that kind of thing. So he's campaigning to, to have enough conservative credibility, even though he looks, thinks, and talks like a progressive, a deep progressive from the deep state. And he's going to try to get a job in the uh, next conservative administration where he will deliver this same thing, that there are no enemies mm. and we have to fix ourselves. And that's the beginning of Desmond's book, second page, I think, mm. and where he says, you know, we have to fix ourselves. And that's what he says and what he writes to me. And uh, by the way, uh, his attack on all of us, Desmond's attack is on pages 126 to 128, where he says that anybody who's talking about these conspiracies is really pretty much like a mass formation of their own. Uh, and they're making things worse, he says, by scaring people. And they're only doing it to assuage their own anxieties. This is a heavy attack on understanding the global predators, understanding the enemies. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting close. Uh, Dr. Peter Bregan, uh, it is always a privilege uh, to have you and to hear your voice and uh, your thoughts on it. I knew it would be a very interesting uh, exchange and uh, interchange we had back and forth. And I, I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, I hope listeners got so much out of it. Um, and, you know, we come to the head or the climax of what we just spoke about. We, I, I believe we just nailed a lot of interesting things. But knowing who the enemy is, is the takeaway for me here, friends. It really, really, truly is. If we don't know, and that's why this is so important, this conversation and, and, and this dialogue, uh, which I love, the diversity of opinion and the diversity of thought and bringing it to the light of day, and then letting you all decide out there and choose what you believe is the right path forward. That's the motive here. We don't tell you how to think and what to think, but just to think. Uh, that's important here, friends. And so we have to know who the enemy is. We have to understand who the enemy is to be able to help to defeat the enemy. I can't express that any more clearer than I just did. It is a mission of God Almighty that we have here. It is a mission that we have uh, been given, and it's a mission we carry out every hour of every day, rest assured. Thank you, my fellow Americans, and to my dear friends around the globe for being part of this mission and joining us here today. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. <laughs>